This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Check your show, we're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Checky Show. Hey, white people here. Can I help you? Oh, hi, white people. Hi, uh, hi, uh, did you need a landscaper? I didn't need a landscaper, no. Oh, how about a uh, elevator attendant? No. God damn it. I would like uh, inventions that got us to the moon. Oh, no, Computers. we've done all that. Films. I'm trying to fill the gap here. How about, can I pick some vegetables for you? Certainly. Do you mind making minimum wage? Is that a, what kind, I never heard of that. How do you prepare that? You don't prepare a Is minimum wage. Is that like medium wage. rare? No, I'm sorry. I'll take my burger medium um, minimum wage, please. <laughs> no. No, no, What is no. this you speak of? I'm sorry. I'm, this is white people you're talking to. I don't know why you're doing this. I'd like my cheeseburger on the welfare side. I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Slightly rare welfare. Mm-hmm. I wish welfare was rare. I think it's getting rarer. In my house, food stamps for what you made uh, arts and crafts with it. You know, you stamped your uh, dough with. You brought it into class the next day for show and tell. That was a food stamp. It was like a mold. You made a little, you know, you stamp your, your little piece of uh, dough and create a cookie. Food stamp. Eh? Mm. Huh? No. White people here. Can I help you? No. I'm sorry. All right. Well, At look, moment- if you need a gardener who will get poison ivy... Yeah. Call a white person. Okay. Uh, welcome, 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 everyone, to episode number 92. Fill your coffee to the rim with... Coffee? Jim. I see. Uh, episode num- number 92 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals... Oh, uh, no, I just did the shenanigans. You okay, have... Right. Too I've, much I've... shenanigans in this podcast. Let's get down to business. Featuring your pals. Tony, the guy who gets down to business. And Johnny Shenanigans, his crazy partner who happens to be in the bathroom right now doing cocaine. Okay, I don't, I don't know what you Johnny saying. Shenanigans, get out of the bathroom. Last time you were in there, the mirror was off its hinges. You know what I'm talking about. All right, just so you know, when we start the show, you don't have to have such in-depth shenanigans. Oh, jeez, I thought it was part of my contract. No, but if you're complaining about shenanigans... Tell George Soros. Okay. What? Nothing. Oh. Are you me ready? And Mar- me and uh, Melissa Francis got a lot of splitting to do. Yeah. You know what? Melissa Man. Francis, now on my shit list. Oh, Jesus. It didn't Little take house much, on did the, uh, I don't carry. She, you loved Melissa Francis for years, and you may still love her, even though she's clearly... You cannot resist those eyes. She's clearly in bed with Soros. Hey, that sounds like a dirty movie. Apparently... Fifty Shades of Soros. Ugh. Apparently, her 
husband works for George Soros. That is what I read online. Hey, who and doesn't? The internet never lies. Doesn't make him a bad person. Uh, yeah, actually, it makes him a pretty bad person. Oh, wait, that was heroin addicts. Sorry. All right. Uh, so here we are. It's October, Dave, and you know what that means, All right? All right, Black History Month. No. Once again. No. Oh, sorry. Wrong. Boo. <laughs> it is not Black History Month. It is the month of Halloween. Oh, I thought we were going to get the lead out. That's Rocktober. Exactly, baby. Is that what you would prefer to do, Rocktober? It's better than Rovember. There, what? Okay. It's Rovember. Get your rev out. I make zero sense. Well, luckily for you, I do have some music involved in today's episode. Ah, yes. The rock band and the murder. There was a weapon found at a mansion on the hillside. Today's episode is all about Alistair Crowley. Holy cow, I am a goddamn psychic. I told you there was a mansion on the hillside. Jimmy Page lived there for years. That is true. That is true. However, do you know anything about Alistair Crowley? What is your basic knowledge? Well, my first experience with Mr. Crowley. You had it, wait, what? Came in the form of Ozzy Osbourne. Okay. Now, after that, I started to realize that these people are singing about someone. I don't know who he is. So I checked into him. And I found out he's into a little bit of the darkness. <laughs> a little bit of the darkness. And you know who else was? Oops. Benjamin Franklin. All right. Now this... get underneath that man's house and pull out them child bones. Okay. Dave? What? This episode? Winston Churchill, Alistair Crowley, they're all up to no good. This episode is only about Alistair Crowley. Don't make me talk about a guy named Jack from Pasadena. Jack Parsons. That's correct. You are correct, madame. Milady. <laughs> milady? Uh, you love milady, don't you? I love milady. Okay. That was a uh, 70s uh, off-Broadway. It was nude. All-nude show called Milady. But they had to have hats. There had to be hat-tipping. Of course. They, oh. That's where the Tom Jones song, uh, You Can Leave Your Hat On, comes from. I see. Whoa, my whoa, bizarre whoa, world. Milady. All right. Alistair Crowley? Was dude, looks like, dude looks like Milady. Uh-huh. Eh? Alistair Crowley. Now, that's a good name. Almost as good as Richard Stanley. Richard Stanley's a fine name. Well, he's into Alistair Crowley, too. Alistair Crowley, born Edward Alexander Crowley, uh, 1875 to 1947. I got to tell you something. Yeah. The man was into no good. He was up to no good. Was an he liked having some cultural... He liked having cult sex. Was an English occultist? He, uh... He, uh... What, what was it called? He, um... Encouraged homosexuality. Ceremonial magician? Poet? Yeah. Painter, novelist, and mountaineer. Him and Houdini were hiding the sausage. He okay. He founded the religion of Thelema, identifying himself as the prophet entrusted with guiding humanity into the Aeon of Horus in the early 20th century. You know, the first mistake you make when you uh, found a religion, mm-hmm. assigning someone else the prophet. Don't ever do that. So he was wise in that choice. I think L. Ron Hubbard, Hubbard did that, too. Yeah, and then they killed L. Ron Hubbard, but that's yep. a whole other thing. Tell me more, tell me more. Okay. So Alistair Crowley, he changed his name officially 
when he was 20 to Alistair Crowley. Um, he didn't like... No one called him Edward. He was born a Jew, you see. No one ever called him Edward, and so... Uh, Wait, Edward Crowley? His name is Edward Alexander Crowley. Gotcha. That's what he was born as. No one ever called him Edward. Uh, his mother called him Alec, and he hated it. Hated it. He didn't. He didn't like it, and so he was looking for a name that sounded good. Okay. So no, that doesn't. That did not work, man. Alistair Crowley is a very memorable name. Well, now it is. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Led Zeppelin's a great name now too. Well, when that's first heard true it. What too. the hell was it? Led Zeppelin. That's you know, if you didn't know about Led Zeppelin, you would say that's a good name. Well, it went over like a lead balloon, right? Okay. All right. Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Alistair Crowley is a weird cat, just a weird dude. Alistair Crowley, the man who called himself the Beast Six Six Six, black magician, drug fiend, sex addict, and traitor to the British people. I want none of your faint approval or faint dispraise. To hell with Christianity, rationalism, Buddhism. I want blasphemy, murder, rape, revolution, anything bad or good, but strong. I would say a sociopath, at least. All right. I gotta tell you, I don't know a whole lot about him other than some, uh... Well, that's what I was getting at. Everybody basically thinks Aleister Crowley and they think, uh, you know, Satan worshiping or the devil or black magic. And he was definitely into occult uh, sex magic is a term I think that he invented. Oh, I love that album. That well, but you know what I'm saying? It's like he has influenced so many things and so many people. I'm shocked at the amount of people, including John Lennon. The Beatles were only the first of many counterculture rock musicians in the 60s to openly cite Aleister Crowley as an influence. What do they say? Well, they put he's on the Sgt. Pepper's uh, album cover. Is he? Yeah. Crowley never did really catch on the way you know he always wanted to catch on during his lifetime. But then came the 60s. 20 years after Crowley's death, the Beatles came out with the album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. On the cover of that album were a group of people, I think it was 60-some people, their heads as if they were all gathered together to watch the Beatles. And they were chosen from among the people the Beatles liked. And right there was the head of Aleister Crowley. And it's that unmistakable portrait where his head is shaved like Uncle Fester from the, the Adams family. And he's looking out at us. And when people started to find out about Aleister Crowley, that he experimented in psychedelic drugs, that he was this wild, crazy new religion guy, all of a sudden Crowley became, in the subculture, a pop hero. is insane? John Lennon looked to this guy as some sort of, I don't want to say guru, but... How about guru? <laughs> or guru, but I, I, I'm, I'm shocked at the people who 
somehow put any stock in this guy as if he was better than. He's literally a libertine. Well, he, something he did worked. What? I don't know. What are, what are you saying? I'm saying people seem to like him. They like him because they're fucking amoral weirdos. I love that band. I have exposed myself to every form of disease, accident, and violence. I have driven myself to delight in dirty and disgusting debauches and to devour human excrements and human flesh. I have mastered every mode of my mind and made myself a morality more severe than any other in the world. A thousand years from now, the world will be sitting in the sunset of Crowleyanity. He believed in blood sacrifice. He did all of this dark magic. He started his own religion. Now, I'm under the impression that he started off with Freemasonry, but then kind of perverted it into his own thing. He started off... that's, That's kind of close. So, as a youngster, he was, uh actually raised in a very Christian environment. Like, a ridiculously conservative Christian environment. From JasonLouv.com, Alistair Crowley was raised in an English extremist religious group called the Exclusive Brethren, led by a preacher named John Nelson Darby. Darby is the person that invented the concept of the rapture. Mm-hmm. The idea that people will be literally teleported into heaven during the second coming. He made a huge mark on history by claiming that the book of Revelation was literally real and definitely not, you know, just a metaphor, and even that human beings had to help God's plan by bringing about the end of the world so that Jesus would come back sooner. Now, uh, Jason Louv is a little snarky here, but basically... John Nelson Darby, who Alistair Crowley studied under, invented the concept of the rapture. And so that's how entrenched in Christianity he was, that he was with this person who, in, in, I, don't, I don't know if the word is invented, came up with, uh, this was his idea, and it changed it changed Christianity around the world. A lot of people to this day are still believing that we are supposed to bring on the apocalypse. How do you do that? Uh, just warring and, you know, Israel, <clears throat> a whole bunch of, you know. Ah, uh, yes. War type stuff, you know. But so that's how that's how into the religion he was. He was forced to it. Alistair was inspired by his father's evangelizing and his earliest ambition was to follow him and become a crusader for Christ. Then something happened that completely shattered his world. Crowley's father died suddenly, leaving Alistair, who was still only a boy of 11, bereft. His sorrow turned to anger. He grew to hate his mother, the church, and the pious tutors she employed to school him. I had arrived at the conclusion that the Plymouth Brethren were an exceptionally detestable crew. I wanted sin, a supreme spiritual sin, but hadn't the slightest idea how to go about it. And so pretty soon he, he went exactly the opposite. At, at 20 he changed his name and he started, he was writing 
poems. The other thing is, he was rich. Mm. He was born into a lot of money, like a ton of money. So he was able to act like a, a crazy person because the money was was fast and furious coming from his family. He would travel all over the world, climbing mountains. But all this time, he was also crazy as fuck. And uh, I think as he got older, he got crazier. And then he married this woman who was also kind of crazy, but also an alcoholic who convinced him that she was hearing voices of, uh, from, the, from some Egyptian god and that the voices were saying that they wanted to speak with him. Rose got into a strange state of mind and had never seen anything like it before. She kept on repeating dreamily yet intensely, they are waiting for you. They are waiting for you. So he would do a whole bunch of drugs and then I don't know if he would meditate, masturbate, whatever he would do, his sex magic, he would get totally fucked up and then think that that was the way to, you know, get in touch with your inner self. And he thought that this this messenger from Horus, uh, the Egyptian god Horus, was talking to him. He opened himself up to a power that never ever left him, which he developed. And I believe he was the real thing. I believe that people that came into contact with him came into contact with that which was supernaturally evil. He had given himself under that demonic control, and that demonic control could now affect him and could work through him. I shall find you, I shall have you, I am coming back to you. Crowley was about to receive a revelation that would make him the prophet of a new religion, giving him a charter to pursue a life dedicated to sex and magic, no matter what the consequences. He wrote this whole book, and this was the beginning of his religion. The book of the law states, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. In other words, people have the right to determine exactly how to live their lives, regardless of moral and religious boundaries. It's all about having no restrictions at all. You follow your path, you follow your goal in life, and you do that above all else. But you mentioned the Freemasons. It wasn't the Freemasons, it was... The Golden Dawn, uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, which was kind of Freemason-ish. All right. So he lives this crazy life and somehow manages to influence people, people who are heroes to some people. Uh, you don't like cool stuff, apparently. So you think he's a hero of counterculture? No, I don't know what he is. I don't know what he is. I, I don't, I, I, I never lie. I'm not into it, man. I'm not into this, the, 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 you know, I like Led Zeppelin, but I never got into anything other than the music. Yeah, but isn't it weird that there is anything other than the music? Jimmy Page guitarist and founder of English rock band Led Zeppelin. By age 15, 
Jimmy Page had become a devout follower of occultist magician Aleister Crowley, who was dubbed the wickedest man in the world. But it wasn't until the release of Zeppelin III that Page revealed his interest in the dark side. In 1971, Page attended a Sotheby's auction by Crowley's estate, where he met filmmaker Kenneth Elder. The two become friendly. Page purchases Crowley's bullock skin house located on the shores of Loch Ness next to a graveyard. A house which was once a church that burned to the ground while the congregation was inside. While developing material for Zeppelin IV, Page plays new music for singer Robert Plant, and the lyrics for Stairway to Heaven mysteriously write themselves. Page produces Zeppelin IV. The album cover is a variation of the tarot card The Hermit. Inside the cover, magical symbols now represented each member of the band. This is crazy shit. Do you think Jimmy, Jimmy Page bought Aleister Crowley's mansion in Scotland, despite or because it had belonged to Aleister Crowley? Because of. Uh, uh, how did he die? Heart failure. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh, when did he pass away? 1947. Led Zeppelin's guitarist Jimmy Page was very interested in Aleister Crowley and he remains a prominent Thelemite today. Thelemite! Thelema, or Thelema, or whatever you want to say, that's the religion he started. So Jimmy Page is still in it. Well, I don't know what to tell you about him. We have even recently learned that Frank Zappa was reading Crowley in 1968. So what? Apart from rock stars who helped to popularize the writings of Aleister Crowley. What do you mean, friend? God forbid he read... You will never let anyone say anything bad about Frank Zappa or Pete Townsend. They, they're oblivious to the power of Zappa and Townsend. Okay. Apart from rock stars who helped to popularize the writings of Aleister Crowley, we can also look at some of the people who revolutionized Western culture in other, perhaps more deep and lasting ways. Zappa and Townsend! To start with, let's consider where, where these musicians may have heard about Aleister Crowley. Perhaps the most likely candidate is Harry Smith. Never heard of him. A Thelemite whose influence on folk and rock music cannot be overstated. That's because you never heard of the guy. Does he have another name? Donovan? The fuck is Harry Smith? Okay, they're making this up. Pete Seeger, okay. Harry Smith? I think they're lying. That man does not exist. Harry Smith was an artist who delved into multiple disciplines in a quest to understand the structure and essence of what he considered universal patterns. Okay, now English? He was a musicologist, an experimental filmmaker, and a compiler of folklore. He was also an adept... He was also adept as a painter, linguist, anthropologist, and magician. I thought he was a folk musician. His anthology of American folk music was credited as triggering the folk music revival of the 60s and in the past decades has become the primary and defining document in the alt-country singer-songwriter What the fuck is that? <laughs> how, how do I never... I, I never heard of the man. I, Woody Guthrie? You ever heard of Woody Guthrie? I'm telling you, if Shut you haven't heard Harry of Harry Smith. Him, you're telling me what? 
If you haven't heard of him, I then Harry Smith. What the fuck are they talking? Who's writing this? Who's that rewriting was from history? the Harry Smith uh, website? Well, that's convenient. Anyway, uh, Alistair Crowley also once dined with Aldous, Aldous Huxley in Berlin. And the rumor goes... I told you he liked black people. Oh, no, wait. Are you thinking that, that I said Alex Haley? Yeah, I thought... I thought excuse me. Okay. Wait. Never mind. The doors are open to my insanity. <laughs> and the rumor goes that Crowley introduced him to peyote. Hey, how much did he pay for that Odie? Timothy Leary saw himself as continuing Crowley's work and said so on national television. Well, I've been an admirer of Aleister Crowley. I think that uh, I'm carrying on much of the work that uh, he started uh, over 100 years ago, and I think the 60s themselves. You know, Crowley said uh, um, he was in favor of, uh, of uh, finding your own self and, and uh, uh, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law under love. It was a very powerful statement. I'm sorry he isn't around now to appreciate the glories that he started. Yeah, because everybody continuing Crowley's work does a cameo in a Cheech and Chong movie. Let me tell you something. These people are under the influence of deception. Alistair Crowley considered himself to be the great beast 666 that was prophesied by John the Divine. Hey, John, that ain't too divine. Why don't you keep that shit to yourself? Stop ruining everybody's life with your bad shit. But I'm just, this is what I'm trying to say here. Here is a guy who claims that he was the beast, 666. You know what? Now he'd he'd have millions of subscribers on fucking YouTube. That is probably true. He'd be the real Mr. Beast. Oh, I love Mr. Beast. Alistair 504. Oh, God. What's up, sex magicers? Slap like. Subscribe. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking funny. But I'm saying is that this is a guy who maybe he was a counterculture figure. I don't know. I don't know. But for whatever reason, people thought he was somewhat uh, of a, a hero. And this was after his death. You know, during while he was alive, he struggled to make ends meet. Finally, the money started running out. And uh, if he could get some bad publicity or good publicity, if he would definitely try to turn it into money. He started taking on uh, students to teach them about his fucking crazy... Sex magic ways. And who's a student of his? Is there anyone famous who was a direct student? Uh, that's still alive today? No, not anyone that's still alive today. No. But, I mean, here they just said that Jimmy Page is still into the Thelema. Like, he's a big deal in Thelema. Which is really odd. That guy's odd. And when you think of him and his association with Crowley, Crowley, who was uh, into all this crazy, weird sex shit. Yeah. Jimmy Page kidnapped a girl. I know. Who was 14. 
yeah, he's not in jail. I don't understand it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this brings us to music, rock songs that have been written about Aleister Crowley. All right. Hit me with one other than the obvious, Mr. Crowley. I will hit you with Let's Mr. avoid that one. I'm not going to avoid that one because it's on the list. Oh. You know what else on the list? What? Your kiss. Of the best things in life? Yeah. Oh, but it's, thank you. Uh, your, kiss on, your kiss is on my lips. No. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Helen. Why are you bringing up terrible memories for me? Terrible memories. Oh, the next terrible memories. It's the Holocaust. Come on down. Stop it. Oh, sorry. Marilyn Manson, Misery Machine. Love that guy. Not. Manson sings, we're going to ride to the Abbey of Thelema on this song from his debut album. As if the Thelema reference wasn't clear enough, he throws in the line, do what I will, further driving home the main principle of the Crowley-founded religion. I feel like that guy's just doing it for the gimmick. He's like, you know, he converts Judaism for the jokes. I see. It's the, you know, I don't, I don't believe anything that guy says. Marilyn Manson. How about shove it up your cocaine head? This brings up the point, though, that Crowley's religion basically was do what thou will. Meaning, well, just do whatever you want to do. Man, as long he, as it don't hurt nobody else. At which point, you can't do what you want to do. He, okay. he, That's no, a paradox. This is the problem. As long as you don't hurt anybody else's stuff that other people added to it. No, I'm just saying that that's that's okay then. Yeah, but that's like what John Lennon said. Yeah, but that does that's that you can't do what you want to do. That's what his religion was: do what thou will do, or well, do what thou. Someone wilt. wanted to do that to him too. He ain't lucky he didn't get stabbed. He is lucky he didn't get stabbed. Yeah, if I saw the motherfucker, I might just stab his ass. He was such a douchebag that on one of his climbing adventures, people like he was so reckless and such a. a a horrible person to try and deal with that he had gotten all these climbers together. They were going to climb this mountain uh, somewhere in South America, maybe. And he was such an annoying cock that half of the climbers were like, I can't even deal with you. They jumped off the mountain. They left and died. They left and died on the way back. They were so annoyed with him that they left and died on the way back down the mountain. And he was forever blamed for that. Yeah. Because he was a major asshole. Sounds like an asshole. Okay. Next one is Merciful Fate's Desecration of Souls. I never heard of this band. While King Diamond claims that the re... I heard of King Diamond. Hold on. While King Diamond claims that the readings of Crowley never appealed to him, he still incorporated themes of Thelema into his work with Merciful Fate. I don't think King Diamond is a person. Because he regards it as fantasy, much like the Necronomicon. Hey, who's King Diamond? In addition to implementing the line, Do what thou will shall be the whole of the law, into the song The Oath, but the lyrics of Desecration of Souls appears to be reflective of the plot of Moonchild. Can I ask you something? Yes. Is that he say is he a front man? King Diamond. Yes. I mean, with a name like that, you got to be a lead singer. Well, who names the kid King Diamond? I mean, Diamond David Lee Roth, okay, but King Diamond? Sounds like he should be on 48th Street selling stuff. Switch it around. 
Kim Bendix Peterson, born June 14, 1956, better known by his stage name King Diamond, is a Danish rock musician and songwriter. Never heard of the man. As a vocalist, he is known for his powerful and wide-ranging singing voice, in particular his far-reaching falsetto screams. Man, let me ask you something. Yes. Isn't there a band called King Diamond? There is a band... King Diamond is a Danish heavy metal band formed in 1985 by vocalist King Diamond. Uh, dude, <laughs> get, let's have some distinction here. He loves the words King Diamond. He looks like a buffoon. What is that outfit? Is that blackface? Only in spots, I guess. He is, is apparently scary. This guy sounds like a fucking freak. Here is a little bit of Desecration of Souls. Okay, this this shouldn't be on the list. That makes Jimmy Page sound like fucking Peaches and Herb. Not only does the opening line sing Stay Away, White Magician, which is one of the opposing forces of the mage war in the novel Moonchild, written by Aleister Crowley, but it also depicts two lovers having sex in a graveyard. This could be indicative of the conceivement of protagonist Lisa LaGiefra's Lisa La child. I guess the protagonist of Moonchild. This sounds like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Crown. The line, A crown of thorns is still a crown, is taken directly from Crowley's poem, The Titanic. I feel like if this guy was opening for Sinatra, he would just, Sinatra would just punch him in the stomach and tell him to (laughs) get lost. The poem indeed was written about the infamous ill-fated voyage, while the song is an emotional piece on the pain of heartbreak. I mean, their music's demonic, but what if there's a power outage? Is it still demonic then? Crown is the name of the song, but the name of the band is Smile. It just, it's because you have distortion in your guitar. Smile. doesn't make you evil. I won't play that song for you. You want me to play that song for you? No, this is... these. The, look, you can make a list of songs about the devil if they're all devil-worshipping bands, but I thought we were getting to the top 40 over here. Where's the Katy Perry? Next we have David Bowie. All right, now we're on to something. Quicksand. That's the best they can do? The man has a skull in his house. These are songs that are directly written about Aleister Crowley. Oh, oh, I forgot. I thought we were just talking about black magic in general. Black magic woman. (laughs) Do you listen to me ever? I do, but I get confused. Your beauty enchants me. Okay, well now I'm going to play Smile and Crown. Oh, Jesus. That's what you deserve. Crown, is that what they're doing when they're on the toilet? What? Something's crowning. Ew. (laughs) Well, that sounds better than the last one. Is this Corey Taylor? This tribute to RBG. No. 
fight for the black people. White people are bad. Bad white person, give me your money. Starbucks. I think my lyrics are better. I can't understand him. How can you be satanic if you can't get your message across? Oh, I just came up with a skit. It's the satanic sign language sign uh, sign language person. Oh, at the at the satanic concert? No, just in general. They they just sneak it in. Oh, oh, okay. Like when the governor is giving a speech yes. about the incoming hurricane. And no one dares uh, confront them because... They're a person of color? And they're uh, deaf. Transgender? Exactly. Oh. A transgender person of color who is a sign language person, but they're secretly <laughs> satanic. That's hysterical. Thank you. Uh, I'm an out-of-work uh, writer. This is, I, just want, I, I just want to reiterate that Loudwire says of the song we just played... That the song is an emotional piece on the pain of heartbreak. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What does Radar O'Reilly say? Anywho, uh, David Bowie, Quicksand. I don't know that one. You do. I don't own David Bowie albums. I told you before, and I'll tell you once again, the only David Bowie I like is Scary Monsters. Oh, how melodramatic. I'm closer to the golden dawn Immersed in Crowley's uniform Of imagery I don't know this stuff. This is the stuff I would skip over. I'm living I skip past the, the slow part of Stairway to Heaven, so I'm not going to make it through this. Portraying Himmler's sacred realm of dream reality This makes... Make Bob Dylan sound like fucking Pavarotti. So, this is the thing. <clears throat> you are aware of this Hunky Dory album because when we talked about David Bowie in that... Uh, yes. You mentioned that there was an album with really crazy lyrics. I think there's several of them. No, it was Hunky Dory. All right, well, I never owned the album. I don't know anything about it whatsoever except maybe what I've heard. Yeah, but I thought it was this song. Well, what else <laughs> is on this album? I don't know, but you don't. You say you never heard it, but I, I, I know that not to be true. We talked about it. I, we might have talked about it. I might have heard some of this stuff, but I, I don't. I, Are you getting forgetful? No, this is not. I don't. What is this? I'm just saying. Hunky Dory. It was. It says quicksand is Bowie's tribute to Crowley and is straightforward. The song opens right up with the line, "I'm closer to the golden dawn," which was that. That group he belonged to that was Masonish. Yeah. Immersed in Crowley's uniform of imagery. In Sean Egan's Bowie on Bowie, interviews and encounters with David Bowie, the starman explained of his influences, my overriding interest was in Kabbalah and Crowleyism, the whole dark and rather fearsome never world of the wrong side of the brain. You're a little twerp. Honestly. What's wrong with these people? That's what I'm trying to get to. Yeah. Why would you? Why would you? Because they're they're sub they're subpar. 
So they try and reach out to the madness. Well, you know, David Bowie's fine. Whatever. He's a little weird, though, honestly. I I don't know. I never had... I don't, like I said, I never owned one of his albums. I owned a lot of albums. Never one of his. I never went to the record store and said, Oh, let me get a new David Bowie album. No, I like that. I liked Under Pressure with Queen, though. I like uh, Omar Hakim. Okay, good for you. Uh, okay, so the next one is a band called X Hoarder. Ah, uh, now I played with a man who was in the band called uh, the Gin of Tortures. Okay. Oh, you did? Have you heard of the Gin of Torture? I did because they used to be on Ron and Fez. Oh, they're not the kind of people you want on a radio show. They used to come on and do like they would uh, brand one of the interns or they would whip somebody or they would <laughs> cut somebody. Pavel was their bass player for a minute. Are you kidding me? No, and he said it was some of the oddest stuff he's ever been involved with. So there's that. They were on Ron and Fez quite a few times. That is bizarre. I wonder if Pavel was on Ron and Fez. I don't think he was. No, no, because he was, unless it, no, uh-uh, he was with them before then. He, they were on Ron and Fez in Florida, I believe, oh, in Washington, D.C. Florida, well, then maybe he was. He probably was then. That's hysterical. I loved Ron and Fez. One of my favorite radio shows ever. R.I.P. Ron and Fez. Um, anyway. Exhorter, The Law. This thrash metal classic opens with the line, Do what thou wilt shall be whole of the law, which is perhaps one of Crowley's most famous quotes and the main principle of Thelema, the spiritual philosophy and religion developed by him. Thelema. Wasn't she on good times? No. The term is derived from ancient Greek and religious scripture in which it is typically used to depict the will of mankind. In his own philosophical developments, Crowley encouraged practitioners of Thelema, otherwise known as Thelemites. That sounds like you need to get someone to exterminate that shit. Is it Thelemites? I don't know. Thelemites. To follow their own true will. Yeah. Okay, well, this is another one of these bands that isn't really uh, on the, shouldn't be on the list. Well, it's just a list of, Dave... It is a list of songs about Aleister Crowley. That's the list. I didn't say a list of songs that were on the top 40 about Aleister Crowley. Oh, that would be something. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Are you ready to yeah. listen to Ex Hoarder and The Law? Uh, yeah. Thrash metal classic. All right. Oh, is it? That's what Loudwire is calling it a thrash metal classic. I, don't, I think those words go together. something to say about all that yeah, that was pretty well uh, well played i don't know about the lyrics but the uh i like the drums drums are kind of amusing 
Did you like it? Yeah. The, the, uh, it's so funny. The music is, you know, kind of pumping, and then all of a sudden the singing starts, and it's just like, uh, it, that's what disappoints me is the singing. I, I like the thrash metal music. Uh, I don't like the thrash metal singing. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I know what it's not. It's not for me. Next up, Behemoth. Are these, are these, have you heard of any of these bands other than Bowie? Mm-hmm. Behemoth. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds familiar, but who knows? Behemoth's song, O Father, O Satan, O Son. Oh, that sounds like a sweet one. Of course, this list wouldn't be complete with a, without a contribution from Behemoth, a band that has centered their music, lyrics, artwork, and stage performances around Satanism and the occult. On this particular song from The Satanist, the band delivers their own take on the bornless ritual, which Crowley popularized. The ritual is essentially used prior to magic ceremonies to invoke the spirit of the bornless one, the master master entity of which all spirits, regardless if they are good or evil, are subservient. Oh, this is a bornless one. Are you ready for O Father, O Satan, O Son from Behemoth? I hope it's a swinger. (laughs) Let's take a listen. one yeah ministry i heard of them golden dawn ah that sounds familiar oh it does well it seems to be a theme the title of this track from ministry's infamous land of the rape and honey lp i love that land (laughs) i don't like it is a nod to the hermetic order of the golden dawn a british-based occult society that studied and practiced paranormal activities metaphysics, and magic. Crowley was a member of this Freemason-founded organization. Oh, there you go. You're right. Where he learned about drug ritualism and ceremonial magic. Taking it a step further, Ministry uses samples of Crowley's Call of the Second Aether, an Enochian chant used to summon spirits. Are you ready for uh, Ministry's Golden Dawn all right. from the infamous Land of the Rape and Honey LP? Right, wait, is the uh, is it infamous or that's part of the title or that's what they're calling nope. it? Nope. Loudwire is saying that this is an infamous LP. Yeah. Satan's got a good groove. This sounds like Kiss. You know, we want to worship the devil, but we want to sell a few albums, too. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
I think the easiest instrument to play in a heavy metal band has to be bass. Maybe I'll pick it up then. Satan's have a long attention span. I don't understand what's happening. You gotta get into the groove if you wanna worship Satan. This is just silly. Maybe they were hoping rap artists would rap over this. Maybe there's no lyrics. Could that be? You can only hear him if you're evil. Oh, shit. So if you want to know what it is, you got to send it to Hillary Clinton. She'll decipher it oh. for you. Oh. <laughs> I think this is just all music. Well, it's certainly a satanic. I mean, we're two minutes in. Oh. All right. Turn this off. This is nonsense. Not, uh, I think that's Crowley. Oh man, has a presence. Presence what I mean. What'd you say? I don't know. That's terrible stuff. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Uh. All right. Here's one you might know. All right. Moonchild. Never heard of it. By Iron Maiden. Uh. Wait, you know, you've heard of Iron Maiden. I've heard of Iron Maiden. All right. I never owned an album of theirs either. Maiden pay homage to one of Crowley's most revered fictional novels with the title and lyrics of Moonchild. In the book, there is a war between the white and black magicians. This is Goon Rock. A charming white magician seduces a famous dancer Does he? And, and convinces her to let him impregnate her with a divine child. Claiming this child will end the war. Anyway, is this a... Uh, this sounds like, like a, Star Wars. It's terrible. Maiden not only makes references to the story's themes of motherhood and occultism in the lyrics, but the line, Hear the Mandrake Scream, is a nod to Mandrake Press, the original publisher of the book. This is just... What's wrong with these people? This Who is what I'm these saying. People? Are well, you ready? Are their parents that bad? Are you ready for Iron Maiden Moonshot? Is this the Moonchild? result of growing up in the uh, remains of World War II? 1998. Yeah, I'm saying they were born like in the 50s, you know, after World War II in England. Maybe, you know, such, such you know, terrible uh, conditions, such despair, such, uh, you know, frustration and disbelief in the, in the system and Christianity, you know. If, if God was so great, why would you allow the whole town to be bombed out by the Nazis? You know, that kind of stuff. So they grow up in this desolate kind of fucking existence and they d despair. And this fucking crap comes out. That's why 
Pete Townsend grew up in the same fucking despair. He didn't create this shit. He created masterpieces. He also got in trouble. You get the China frame, great Pete Townsend. Okay. Trying to make him take the fall for this crap. Here we go. Moonchild from Iron Maiden. Not this available in your... God damn them. Hold on one second. Hold on. I want to worship the devil. I'm going to find a way. How about Shout at the Devil? Is that, is that in there? Bark at the moon. Something to do with the moon. Someone in something in dress. Seven deadly sins. Seven ways to win. Seven holy paths to hell, and your trip begins. Seven downward slopes. Seven bloodied hopes. Seven are your burning fires. Seven. one's at least more palatable, right? Yeah, no, that sounded like it was getting good. I don't know about the lyrics, but the music was good. Well, I mean, it's Iron Maiden. They are, there's a reason we've heard of them and maybe not some of these other ones. But on yeah. this list, I will I will tell you that there are some pretty mainstream people. We've got Marilyn Manson, David Bowie, Iron Maiden... I mean, these other bands that you may not have heard of or that you have heard of, Ministry and Behemoth and uh, Ex Hoarder, um, Samile, Samile, I don't know, sorry, fans, Merciful Fate. I mean, I've heard of some of those. But, yeah, not Billboard Top 40, but okay. And, of course, here we go. The most famous, the one you didn't want to hear, but too bad you're going to hear it anyway. Mr. Crowley by Ozzy Osbourne. Son of a bitch. Who wrote the lyrics for this one? It says here... Bob Daly. Composer and lyricists Osborne, Rhodes, and Daisley. That's what I meant. Daisley. Bob Daisley. Mr. Crowley. Who's the drummer on it? Lee Chrislake? What did you say, Lee Kerslake? Yes. Yes. He just passed away. Oh, God bless him. Kerslake and Daisley are the two guys that Sharon 
basically wrote out of this music. They replaced them with, I think, the guys from Faith No More and someone else. And then... Then put them back on the album. Some kind of crazy shit replaced them. Instead of cutting them in on the royalties, she just said, oh, let's just replace those them on the tracks and we'll release that music from now on. So we don't have to give them any money. And he fucking agreed to it, though. Yeah. So, she, yeah, she's an asshole, but and you know what? What? He's no fucking He's prince either. He's little puppy dog. You know what? I think all that uh, devil worshipping stuff that he has is all a gimmick. I think it's all just a gimmick, just like Alice Cooper. I don't believe that Ozzy's into that shit at all. I don't even think he wrote those lyrics. I think Bob Daisley wrote that. He's the Prince of Darkness. And it's a complete show. A hundred percent show. He's Jimmy Page is, might be the real deal. Fucking Ozzy is not. It's a one big B-movie with Ozzy. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, that, uh, that song's at least rocking. I'm, this is what I have to say about uh, about this. The people who I don't I'm not gonna say worship, but look up to, admire, uh, want to be like Alistair Crowley. There's very few of them. No, I don't think that there's very few of them. No, I think there are very few of them. I think most people are just into you know Ozzy Osbourne and Judas Priest. They're not into the real thing. They're just into the being against, rebelling against Sunday school. They're not into into really this stuff. Yeah, but if you want to rebel, then you know what I mean. Elvis was that, right? Elvis was a yeah, rebellion. Yeah, this is this forty is, years this later. This is Elvis to the fifth degree. They were right. You should have stopped Elvis when you had a chance. This guy is before Fucking shaking Elvis. Fucking his pelvis. But this guy is pre-Elvis. Saying. The this people, guy born in 1875. There's not a lot of people who are into him these days. And if they are, they're not kids. They're, they're weirdos who are on the fringe of society. That's my opinion. But we still, we have people like Ozzy, like David Bowie, like uh, Timothy Leary. You've got people who, John Lennon, the Beatles, who are... Yeah, but I believe, you know, when they're young, they might have been into it for a second. I can't believe... I can't say that they're hardcore followers. I think the only one you got that on right now is Jimmy Page. Yeah, I mean, he's beyond hardcore, right? Buys the house, is a, a top member of the religion. That's beyond hardcore. That's... I don't... Uh, that's... I, I think if you are... That's if, probably why he let Robert Plant write all the lyrics. It's like, oh yeah, you write the lyrics about uh, The Hobbit and uh, I'll make the music about the devil and then they'll never know what we're doing here. If Jimmy was left to do the lyrics, the band would have been exposed in two seconds. I just think if you're so easily led by someone like that, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And then here we are buying albums from people, you know, or reading books or, you know. Well, it's cool to, you know, to learn about it. You don't want to fucking get into it but it's good right. to be aware it's, of it it's fine to be aware of it but when you start devoting songs or uh putting pictures of him on your album i don't know i just think you're i think you're a fucking weirdo i, th yeah. I just i'm just i'm he's clearly mentally ill clearly mentally ill guy that somehow convinced people that he was you know, this 
a, a prince of darkness, the beast. They always do that. Yeah, it's a cult. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think he's a sociopath, because he is like uh, a Koresh or uh, Jim Jones or any other person who gets cultists to, uh, you know, follow him. They're egomaniacs and they got problems with the parents. They're all fucking weirdos. Manson, all of them. I think he is that same kind of guy, but because... It was so early. It was 1875. There's no TV, right? There's no there's there's nothing other than this yeah. this poetry he's writing that somehow he can get published. When was Jack the Ripper uh, ripping his Jack? Around the same time. Let's see. Maybe he was a member of the Crowley. That was that's you know what that's an interesting theory. I'm not gonna poo poo that. Let's see. <gasps> platter. I'm getting hungry. I'll take a poop poop platter. Jack the Ripper was an unidentified serial killer active in the large, active in the largely impoverished areas in and around the Whitechapel district of London in 1888. Yep, he's part of it. Well, no, because uh, Crowley was born in 1875. So exactly. He would have only been 13. That man was a powerful child. You think so? He inspired someone half twice his age. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Okay, that theory goes out the window. Now, how about this one? Uh-huh. While America was fighting the Civil War, yes. what was England doing to its black people? Oh, there's there was... Are you talking about... Were there slaves? Yeah. There's slaves everywhere. No, but when did English... Uh, black people had slaves. I'm not... I don't care about that, but when did England... No, I mean, I don't mean to say that. I mean, I'm just wondering, when did England uh, abolish slavery? I think 1963. What? And were the problem? 1963? I don't know. I know something happened in 1963. Maybe it wasn't the, England. Meet the Beatles. The Beatles' first album. Hold on a second. You mean Paul McCartney had slaves? Paul McCartney's Hold a slave a owner. Uh, the oh slavery... Okay, what? Huh? What? Can I talk now? Penny Lane. Oh, Jesus, it's true. The Slavery Abolition Act of 1833 abolished slavery in parts of the British Empire. So, oh. 1830, um, 1833. Parts where there are no black people anyway. The Act of the Parliament of the United Kingdom expanded the jurisdiction of the Slave Trade Act of 1807 and made the purchase of or ownership of slaves illegal within the British Empire. Empire, with the exception of the territories in the position in the possession of the East India Company. Oh, so, uh, so they Sri were Lanka before us and Saint Helena. They were ahead of us. The act was repealed in 1997. Oh, now they allow slavery? Slavery? No, but uh, they, why are you asking about this? this? Has nothing to do with Aleister Crowley. Well, I was just thinking. Well, he's running around doing all kinds of drugs. What's the culture climate? Oh, I see. Do they have slaves? No, apparently no. So you want you, what you're looking for is the 1895 England. What, what do you mean? I want to go back there. I want to make America great again, like 1895 England. No, but that's when he was 20, right? He was born in 1875. Changed his oh, name when gotcha. he was 20. So around the turn of the century, he was. 
in the prime of his insanity. Well, I don't know. Th- I don't think he was in the prime of his insanity. I think he was he got more insane as he got older. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How old was he when he died? He was 75, 70. He died in 47, so... 70 maybe or something. 77? So, something around there. Uh, Trying to see what happened here. Lots of Oscar Wilde news. Nothing exciting. Alright. Well, it was wartime. Oscar Wilde is convicted of gross indecency and is taken to Pentonville Prison. Like around 1906, isn't that like the Spanish-American War or some shit like that? Oscar Wilde, April 6th, Oscar Wilde is arrested at the Cadogan Hotel, London, for unlawfully committing acts of gross indecency with certain male persons. <gasps> so I... Th- so was it Richard Quest? <laughs> it was Richard Quest. It wasn't Oscar Wilde in London. It was Richard Quest in... The Rambles. What was it, though? Central Park. Oh, it was Central Park? Yeah. Why did I think it was in uh, Washington Square Park? Mm, I don't know, but it was a very bad pawn of the Pony Casino. So, 1895 is all about Oscar Wilde. He premiered his comedy An Ideal Husband at the Haymarket Theater. Um, He premiered uh, his last play, The Importance of Being Earnest, at St. James Theater. And uh, then he gets arrested. And then there's a trial. And he goes to jail. For being a fagula? I, I don't know if he's if it was because he was gay or if the, uh, if the unlawfully committing acts of gross indecency with certain male persons. That sounds very vague. Is it male prostitutes? I think he was having sex with children. Oh, do you do? Yes. Oh. Why, why would he go to jail? I don't know. Is being gay uh, against the law back then? Uh, I don't think so. They're pretty religious back there. Uh, back but maybe then. it was a public, public, uh, public, uh, public act. I don't think it was a public act. He was in a hotel. Oh, well, I don't know what he was doing. This was awful. He took us on a turn. Failed dozer. He failed dozed me. Uh, I just want to say that uh, this has been our first... October. This is we're doing all Halloween spooky shit. This There's month. some of those books, by the way. Some of those odd black magic books. Yeah. You get them. You you can see them on on eBay or whatever. They're like six, seven hundred, a thousand dollars for the book. It's like they contain all this information. If you're into black magic, you mean the Aleister Crowley books? No, they're just books that he might have referred to, or books are kind of a tangent to all this. But they're like black magic high up like English books from back and way back in the day with all this ancient knowledge and they're like fucking a lot of money I forgot what they were called at one point I came across something look at this The Hermit by Aleister Crowley look what the cover is Jimmy Page it's the the Zeppelin Mm 4 inside cover so uh, I'm trying. What would I even Google or what would I search for on eBay? Black magic? Oh, I don't even know. How did you even know that? Oh, maybe my friend told me. Oh, okay. I know who your friend. Our is. high up friend. What did you say? 
Our high up friend? Yeah, I can't remember what. Uh... Book of Shadows, Voodoo. It's I, not this... Voodoo. This was like some weird, crazy shit. Like, it was like the art of the black spider or some shit. It was like, it was like some crazy, like Freemason book. The Warlock's Book, $199.95. Secrets yeah. of Black Magic from the Ancient Grimoires by Hainan. Yeah, this is something like that. Oh, here's one. For, here's Dave. Yeah. 1873, Secret Book of Black Arts Magic Alchemy Occult Witchcraft Rare, first edition, $14,500. <laughs> yeah, so if you're into that shit, you collect that kind of stuff. That's crazy. The Secret Book of the Black Arts. Yeah. Wow. I'm the one I on saw it. was like it had some kind of really like cryptic like title, something about like a spider or something. It was deep. But it's like, yeah, so he took all this stuff and then kind of perverted it into his own insanity. As if this wasn't insane enough, he then took it for his own purpose and made it more perverse. Basically. That's what that is. He was hip to some of this shit and then he fucked it up and made it even crazier. Not to, like I said, and it was crazy in the first place. You know, I mean, this stuff is like ancient knowledge, and uh, if you sort through the evil, you can probably gain, garnish, gain some insight. But it might consume you. I, I don't know what kind of insight you're talking about. Well, just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not into it, but I'm sure someone who can, uh, who's read books can tell me. Not me. I don't know. Black Magic Tale, Antichrist, Marjorie Bowen, First Edition, Occult Devil, Jesus. Now, see, some of this stuff, that's the, some of this stuff is like not so, it's not so direct. It's more just like, it's not, they're not saying it's a cult, but it has all this information. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Well, no, this this is. a little gimmicky. The 19, when this is from 1909, so I don't know how gimmicky that's going to be. That's kind of gimmicky. Is it the it's a the book is called Black Magic. It's by Marjorie Bowen. That uh, bitch was a black magic. Other woman. words are just keywords that they're hoping you are are searching. But that one's a six hundred dollar book. Well, Here's go. the boy's own conjuring, the boy's own conjuring magic book, eighteen sixty. If your kids are reading this stuff, you done raised a freak. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, this is, I th- and I, you know, I imagine this is exactly the kind of stuff that Richard Stanley was reading when yeah. he was little. And he had major issues with religion and his mother. And his mom. So that's the thing. Your mom and religion, be very careful with that. Don't fuck your kids up. And if you do, keep your weirdos indoors, if I can quote Opie. Opie said keep your weirdos indoors? Yeah, he said keep your weirdos inside. That was very, very apt. When did he say... What was he saying that about? About weird kids in public. Kids oh. doing fucked up shit. Okay. Like, Parents, keep your weirdos inside. <laughs> that was maybe the best thing he ever said. Okay. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. We're going to do three more episodes, hopefully this month. Spooky type episodes maybe conspiracy maybe uh some other shit some other spooky shit sounds good uh-huh. i was just trying to think if i can think of any other devil type things but it's not devil it's particularly out the crown i said no i'm out of luck i mean he claimed to be 
the beast. God damn it. Someone shaved that kid's head. See those numbers. Wasn't there a rumor that uh, he was they were he was on the cover of Hotel California? I guess that wasn't right though. Oh, I don't know. So I didn't see that in any of the stuff I was perusing today. Yeah, I don't know about that. Anyway, uh be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Um YouTube, the channel is just same chick. And we've got Dave's reaction videos. We've got uh, some us in real life stuff of us just doing shit around the house and uh, some older stuff and whatever. Anything else you want to say? No. All right. I take. I take what? I take the house. Oh, okay. I take. Okay. Alrighty, uh, we will talk to you. We will see you next time, America. Take it.